welcome to another episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. We are still practicing our social distancing, so we are all remote. I am tired of this. I want to hang out <laughs> and be all together recording again, but this will work for now. Uh, alongside the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, we've started to see a lot of positive discussions happening on how the tech community can be more inclusive with its language. In this episode, we decided, well, why not discuss our thoughts on making tech language more inclusive? Let's go in around the virtual table and give introduction of today's panelists. Augustus, you want to start it off? Yeah, sure. Hi, uh, I'm Augustus. I'm a software engineer at Twitch. Hi, um, my name is Mars, and I'm a software engineer in the Bay Area. And all thoughts are my own. I'm Stacey London. I'm a senior front-end engineer at Atlassian. And all thoughts of mine are Mars's. Jim Young, senior software engineer at Netflix. All thoughts are Mars, too. Wherever <laughs> oh, she I is a... and wherever she works. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts, huh? <laughs> I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. And I am actually now an American citizen, too. Yeah. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is? Terminology. 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 If we say the word terminology from now on, we will all take a drink. All right, well, let's like hop right in. Why start changing certain terms and language in tech? I'm curious to hear all of your thoughts, why we would want to start doing that. It's, it's definitely about feeling like you fit in and if you you know let's say you go to your job and you start reading something or looking at code and you see words that exclude you as a as a human i think that that feels bad and it makes for like not a very um positive like workplace experience um uh, i read i read something that really helped i think explain it in a way that was nice where it said like narrative um, this it's a woman uh, Jan Fortune. She had written a article about like why language matters, and she said uh, narrative and meaning go hand in hand. We all need stories that make sense of experience, particular and universal. But if the if the language functions to exclude our experience, then how do we find this meaning? And I thought that was a really beautiful way to kind of express what that why this stuff matters. I like that. Yeah, I think for me too. Any time that or any time that we can just make people feel more welcome and you know if, if something sounds offensive to someone well let's just try and avoid that we have enough english words to use and replace you know and we're not going to get it right all the time either i think the word will still get said but if you can just be a little more thoughtful around that i think that's a great approach one thing that i was reading was really interesting sort of just about how um like the language that we use to really sort of like focus on personhood um, and like put the people that you either work with or just in the world sort of at the center of the story, as opposed to like, as a person, as opposed to like whatever, like characteristics you may see, or they may describe themselves by. Um, and by changing the language we use, we can sort of remove those words that focus on like visible characteristics or sort of just like large groups that like putting one person into like a large category that they may not identify with or a large category that makes them uncomfortable um, and really just putting them at the center of the story, which I thought was a really interesting way of putting it too, is a one way of making them feel welcome that like you're listening and you're, you're identifying with them and you're 
recognizing that they exist in the world as like their own entity with their own experiences that not can't necessarily be generalized by other people or like or any you know language or, or term or whatever terminology cheers. yeah cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. cheers i think terms and languages are changing in tech specifically because not to pat my ourselves on the back but we do tend to be a bit more forward thinking than other industries i i think it's a nature of we move faster just because that's what software is we can we can iterate much faster so therefore that applies to most things we can do uh what's interesting is uh if you look back and you say okay the push for diversity and inclusion no no even go further back go for let's let's try to balance out uh people who identify as women uh compared to men like why they're not more um uh people identify as women in tech and that started a few years ago and then that has moved to Wait, we look around the room. Yeah, cool. We have more uh, women. Why isn't there more people of that aren't white or Asian? Uh, and then that has spread a bit more to our language now. And I, I think it's just reflective of just how we are in tech. Uh, I'm not going to say we're all good, honest, like social, liberal, whatever. But I, I think genuinely most people, no matter which side of the political spectrum you fall on, want to do better in the world. And while we may disagree on how to do it, I, I think that's a general sentiment of people in tech. Um, so starting with language is, or not starting with language, but like coming around the language, it's kind of a low, a low friction change to make. It's not that hard. I question people who have asked me like, oh, why are we doing this? Like, aren't there bigger issues to solve? I'm like, yeah, there's always a bigger issue to solve, but this one's pretty easy. <laughs> And it's not that offensive. All you have to do is stop doing something. It doesn't require you to start doing something. It's time. I, I think specifically with people at home, we've, we've all been more introspective. We just had more time to think about ourselves and our role in society. And before last year, had this been last year when having a conversation about changing the term uh, master branch or something like that, I would have been laughed out of the room. Like everybody would have. And I myself, I would have, as a black person, I would have been like, that's stupid. That's a stupid argument to have. We have bigger things to do. But now... We've just been by ourselves for so long and had time to think and see what's going on in the world. And we see like, yeah, a lot of the terms we use are have really racist or sexist or just something, some terrible history behind the term. And we just come to use it. But we can choose not to do that. And that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I don't know. My reasoning is really just it's the right thing to do. And yeah, I think you touched on a really important thing, like the historical, like the history of it, of how it originated has some like racist undertones and you know we have the ability to choose to like not keep doing that you know it's like a low friction change and so why not i don't know i've always been of like if something is offensive to someone it's pretty simple to just stop doing that you know like why <laughs> it's why would i fight to be like no i really want to do this thing that offends you like i've never really understood that mentality of people i think also like changing one's language is it's it's it, it can be easier for some than others. And like, on the one hand, it's like, we can just say, oh, it's easy to change. It's easy to just like change the language we use. But I think also it, it's a small thing. And but it has like larger ramifications. People begin to feel more welcome. But beyond that, like you begin to show that you're open to like having that conversation and to feedback. And 
I think it actually has like network effects that are really, really important. So while it's a small thing, it can make a large change in like your relationship with someone or even in the culture of a company. Yeah, because like uh, to that point, like psychological safety is, you know, all this this research thing that says if your team has that, they're going to be more successful and they're going to do better work together. And so like if you want to just take it at like a very like financially like is this a good financial decision yeah yeah it is your team's gonna feel safer and more comfortable with each other and they're gonna do better work anything to reduce cognitive load for people to not stress or have anxiety over is going to allow people to show up to be their best self and i think that's amazing We've talked a lot about this language, and we've seen a few of them pop up. I know Jem referenced master and slave in Git. I think we should mention some of the ones, some other terms, because there's quite a few that have popped up that people have been talking about. I know for one is like even uh, blacklist and whitelist. That's a term that's used quite a lot in technology of, you know, allowing, you know, certain users or blocking certain users. And it it really is one of those ones where you're like, yeah, we can just change that. I, I don't know if, uh, if a lot of your companies have this, but um, internally at Atlassian, there's uh, like a style guide for, for writing. And in that style guide, it has some examples of, of words that like are phrases that are offensive and are, you know, make people feel like excluded and things that you should replace them with. And yeah, like blacklist, whitelist, that's like on there. But there's there's things that maybe you don't even think about that are on there, like saying the word crazy. Yeah, that one's a yes. I'm definitely guilty of that one a lot. And it's I think it's a really good one to call out. So there's a wide yeah, kind of a wide spectrum of of language, like ableist language or Mm -hmm. um, things that cross race or religion or there's just there's a whole bunch of of words that um, you can easily replace with other things. But it's nice to have a resource like that, where maybe if you don't know what to say, then you could go and, and, and look for alternatives. Like for gender, too, is like saying, hey, you guys, it's why am I calling you all guys when I could say, hey, folks, or hey, all. It's so widely used that it you have to catch yourself when you're like, hey, hey guy, uh, hey, all. You know, you have to catch yourself in those moments. And I think a lot of these terms, it you're not going to be perfect on them, but it's it's just being more aware of that. I love that there's a style guide at Alassian. I think that's like really helpful. It's just like read this and just think about them a little more. It's like, hey, instead of using that word, you could use like these other 10 words that probably work to mean the exact same thing. Like the power of language. And, and what's interesting is like there's there's um, the language you use when you speak, like catching yourself and like saying, hey, guys, but also like the language that you use when you write things because the writing can outlive you um or i mean it can outlast you at a company um so like that like i like i love the idea that there is like a style guide like you're mentioning stacy like things you can refer to so that way sort of the stuff that you write will be inclusive going forward and one that i've like learned recently um that i've started moving away from and i use it i don't even think i realized how often i used it before but like when writing docs i was like please see this link or please see below or whatever and sort of Mm. like changing that to say like oh please check out this reference or reference the below like um stuff like that just to like that's like a very ableist term that i've realized recently um and just moving away and and catching i still write it sometimes but i catch myself and i you know i i delete it and i'm trying to make it a different term that's a good one i think that's that's cool though is like those types of things is now you're more aware of that and i think that's the whole goal of this too is just being a little more aware 
so that we're thoughtful and and can catch ourselves in those moments it's it's still going to come out like you said i you're just probably in the nature of writing that and you're like oh no 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 i gotta yeah. i gotta pull that out and the nice thing about i mean with writing you have the ability to think about it and and change it but like when you speak that's the hard part too like that's when you really need to have that psychological safety for someone to say oh no i you know that term makes me uncomfortable and you're like oh thank you for letting me know um you know, I will change my language going forward. Uh, one that I hate is, and people I know say it all the time, uh, they say females. And like, oh, those females over there. And I don't know why I, I can, that is offensive. But like, why not just say women? Yeah. I don't know. It just like, it's like the way it's delivered. It's like boils people down to their genitalia. Whereas like, if you say women, you're including people who were not necessarily born uh biologically a woman but like identifies a woman versus if you say females you're specifically saying a particular group of people uh that one that always bugs me and that's like an easy one because you can say women Uh, anyways um i've seen a few because like i had to catch myself crazy is one i i say a lot and i try to i try to substitute that with wild i'm like that's wild and it's like an easy substitution and that's yeah I, I might offend some wild animals somewhere, but yeah. <laughs> uh, things I didn't want was uh, no can do, which I didn't know was an uh, imitation of Chinese pigeon, oh. like uh, immigrants oh, that I couldn't. Didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. It, exactly, it just sneaks in there. Lame. I'm guilty of saying that one too. Like, oh, that's so lame. When like I can just say not cool. Uh, the origin to that is like word describes of someone like with a walking disability, correct? Mm-hmm. yeah spirit animal i've said that one uh before and then i was like it's like cultural appropriation it's like native american you know it's 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 not yours to really say and it's it's sort of powwow also is one yeah. sort of like referring yeah. to a meeting and i didn't even real i you know i caught myself saying it once and i was like oh yeah that <laughs> that i don't know where that came from <laughs> but changing it to like gathering or meeting even war room right like we've often used to describe us all you know a team getting together and working together maybe they're on like a tight deadline put together a war room well that's not really the best terminology to use either uh bottom of the totem pole uh, again cultural yeah. appropriation uh, first i also want to say if, if your company doesn't have some reference i would i would strongly advise you know maybe talking to someone about how how that can get started because it is really helpful to just have a place to look to not only raise awareness of what those terms are, but also showing alternatives. So it's very easy for people to correct. Like I was really surprised like Twitch and even Amazon, they, they're very, very like big on this. Um, so some of the terms that kind of surprised me were like brown bags for mm-hmm. um, like, unfortunately, I wish I knew the origin, but it does have some racial um, history behind it. So uh, like a good alternative is like a lunch and learn. Um, and yeah, apparently Seattle had this really big trying to ban the usage of it. Brown bag. I, I have not yeah, heard no. that one. That one was very surprising to me. Uh, but yeah, that that's something to look into. Another one that definitely I've, I never realized I do is um, an agile stand up. You know, that that is like that meeting stand up can be like, you know, it's not very accessible, you know. Um, hmm. like yeah ableist yeah ableist thank you a- and then i think the last one which i don't use that much but redlining when asking designers for specs and if you haven't seen some of the talks around like uh, systemic racism um you'll you'll find a terminology called redlining of how 
racial segregation. I don't feel qualified to explain it, but um, I highly suggest reading about it. I, mean, you, I haven't, I haven't heard uh, redlining used in tech before, generally. Ah, yeah, no. It's when designers sometimes mock up, they'll, you'll get like redlining of it basically says like this is like 20 pixels this is like you know margin is 50 pixels or i don't know like all those like details are just like overlaid on the design that's what that's referencing which really funny and oddly enough i almost always see them in pink so why don't we just call it pink lining pink lining (laughs) i love it also designers would be a a lot of designers would be offended because that's a very old-fashioned way to do things yeah it is. That's a good point. It's actually so rare. I don't think I've seen. <laughs> so what, Augustus? Good... You calling me old because I've what? seen this? Ah, I see. <laughs> no, no, no. I think things like sanity check. That's another one that I hear yes. often used. And there again, it's referencing uh, mental health. There's a lot of other ways to put that as like gut check you know second opinion safety check final check like there's so many things that could be replace that that really get at the same meaning so gem you started to mention earlier that some people almost are against doing this and you know i i have seen that happen quite a bit has others experienced that where people are almost fighting the change uh, i know a big one that's really funny is earlier when we we're all when jem kind of mentioned it is we we're saying that some of these things have historical meaning but the thing is is i've actually heard the argument that a lot of these words don't have historical references so i will read a message i got from someone i know I know them fairly well. Um, it says, hey, Jem, we have to talk. I'm really confused with the blacklist, whitelist, and now the crusade onto all the words that have word have the word black or white in them. Why is this term offensive? And it's like, I can go on, but... Like, crusade, also. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not good wording. That one also stuck out, yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's like passively hostile to use terms like that, like... Ryan, why do you want a crusade to do that? And it automatically implies, like, because crusades were bad. As, yeah. like, we look back historically, the Christians had beef with uh, the Muslims. Or was it Hindu? See, I'm not good at history. But they had beef with anybody who wasn't Christian, and they, like, rode off and then killed people and then rode back for victory, being like, we're so good. And it turns out that was a pretty dick thing to do. I probably shouldn't use that term either, but I'm going to. <laughs> uh, so if you say someone's on a crusade to do something, it generally has a negative connotation. Anyways... This person's very intelligent. They're one of the better engineers that I know. So, like, it was, it's very, and Ryan has heard heard this from me before, like, it's very hurtful to hear, like, people who I consider my peers and who are intelligent to, like, they can't get this really basic thing, like, yes, blacklist and whitelist is offensive. Like, we put up with it because it just wasn't worth the arguments before, but now is the time to change that. Similar to the Confederate statues confederate flag yes those are all deeply offensive but you got to pick your battles in life and most of the time people weren't gonna fight with people over the history but now's that time i don't know it's human nature it's the human condition if you go after something that people perceive they hold deeply is core to them themselves their identity then they're gonna fight that why people find blacklists and whitelists core to their identity i i don't know maybe people are bored and just one excuse to be offended or i mean i think change change is hard 
I mean, nobody really likes change. I, I don't think you seek to be like, I just need to change everything all the time. And so that could be difficult. I guess you could argue that now there's work to do to change those things in a code base. Maybe that's an argument. I don't really buy that because it work. there's always work than things that we do. It's like we make changes to features to make them better. And to me, making a coding environment more inclusive is a great change. It's right? it's funny, like that that argument, like oh, you know, why are we getting so, you know why are we getting so sensitive about these words and having to have all these long conversations about them from some of the same engineers who will argue forever in pull requests about <laughs> what a variable or a function name is called. <laughs> Well put. Well, that's a good that's one. So that's well a good one. That's, yeah. that's not my unique take. I've seen people mention this before, like on Twitter, but I was just like, yes, exactly. Like, why are they, you know, you, there's like this sort of disconnect in you, where you put your, like, you put so much energy towards that, but no energy towards this other thing. And I think it's about empathy. I think maybe if you've never, if you as a person have never really experienced that feeling of not being included or not being a part of a, a dominant group, maybe it's it's hard for you to put yourself in someone else's shoes to understand why that's meaningful and worth doing. And it's I think the trick is trying to understand how we can create that empathy or make that person understand how it might, how it might feel. It's hard. I don't know how you do that, but I also don't think it's necessarily up to the someone who's black. I don't think it's up to no. them to say like, "Hey, I need to explain this to you." So no. even this engineer asking Jem like, "Why blacklist, whitelist?" It it kind of feels like, "Hey, there's there's enough stuff online that you could probably go look this up and read those arguments rather than asking the black man to explain it for you." Can I just quickly rant? I, I'm usually like pretty under. I think there's total some understanding of you know you might not know the origins of this word right like for example the brown bag we I I actually didn't know there is like some racial undertones but so if somebody came and asked me I wouldn't be like oh this guy is so dismissive for whitelist and blacklist I have to really question I feel like that one's kind of obvious <laughs> a whitelist allowing people and a blacklist disallowing people you don't see the issue like no offense to your peer but I I'm shocked <laughs> I mean, anything that gets Augustus, one of the kindest, quietest people I know, to go on a rant. Like, that's something. People listen. Listen when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to me. I agree. It's It takes it takes a lot of uh, patience for me to, like, put up with that. Because I'm like, I give most people the benefit of doubt. You're person on the street. I don't know how educated you are. So, like, I'll give you the benefit of doubt. But, like. People that are engineers and make a fairly high salary and worked in the industry a long time, I consider you like you have some form of intelligence, otherwise you wouldn't have gotten this far. So it takes a lot of patience for me to not interpret side questions like that. Like, why is this term offensive as like a subtle attack against the things I believe in and myself? Because like, I know if you took five seconds to think about it, you would see why it's offensive. And if you don't, then, like, how am I supposed to interpret that in a positive way? Right. I Like, I've been dealing with this for months now, so, like, <laughs> you can hear a little frustration in my voice. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's like, if it, it's not that if it offends one, you should stop using it, which is generally the case. It's just, like, it takes five seconds to look this stuff up on Google and see, like, oh, yeah, master and slave, that's an offensive thing to say. And your one argument is, well, it's the thing, it's the way things have been done. 
is not it's like the worst argument in the history of arguments not an argument yeah yeah anyways sorry i i could get rant all day on this one yeah i like when you asked the question i was like i literally i I just don't have an answer for you like i i can't i don't know i just can't imagine why someone wouldn't want to take like jim you're saying like five seconds to just think about it and change your language um it can be awkward to be called out on using the wrong terminology in general, but like that, ha- you have to be okay with that vulnerability. And I don't know, maybe also I, I work at a company where we're just like so focused on belonging that it's just like, it hasn't really been a big question recently of like, well, why wouldn't we want to be more inclusive in general? Maybe like it also maybe can challenge like people's identity like mm. they 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 wrap their ego up in who they like their job is who they are and like my you know job as an engineer is who I am and therefore like changing uh having to go in and refactor a bunch of code or change core things to like the linux kernel is just like uh if my identity is so wrapped up in that it's like you're attacking me as and not just a word i think maybe there's something there psychologically strange that like that's why it gets so so heated um like feeling like you're in control and it's part of who you are and and there's something deeper there that's getting pulled out but i don't excuse it i just think it's i'm always trying to understand it cuz i can't like mars was saying like i i don't react that way and i don't I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, just change it. Like, who cares? <laughs> just change it. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that, Stacey. That, that is such a good explanation. And yeah, maybe it is deeper. Maybe people identify with something and they say, this is what I believe in. I believe in spaces are better than tabs. <laughs> and like, I, I don't know, like whatever. I do. Whatever like cornerstone. Of course, I know you're always. We've, we've talked about this, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I. We probably all do. We probably have cornerstones that we have established who we are on. And if someone were to take that away, then you're left without an ego because you don't understand who you are at that point. And that's a very scary thing. It's something we're going to hold on to to the very end. But I guess like uh, uh, Herodotus, the father of modern history, who's like the first person to write down a history book like a long time ago, he once said the only thing that endures is change. And that's true. In, in 200 years we are all going to be seen as so backwards and repressive and like they did what they were thinking what I like, but that's the nature of progress. Like it has always been that way. We look at people a hundred years ago and we're like, ha, those backward fools. They didn't know any better. And I like, honestly, and this is totally a side rant, but whatever. Uh, that's why you have a podcast. I think in like a hundred years, people are going to look back on us eating meat. And, like, be like, they ate what? You know animals are intelligent, right? And I say this now as a happy meat eater. I'll barbecue and smoke all day. I'm not going vegan or vegetarian. But I am aware of the choices that I make. And my son will probably be less of a meat eater than I am and his kids and so on and so forth. And that's the way it is. That's the nature of progress. That's the way anything has ever gotten done. Otherwise, we'd all be sitting around in huts. Like wondering and hoping that a saber tooth tiger goes way outside. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It, you can't. You can't fight change. You're just gonna be left behind if you do. It, and I don't mean that in any malicious or hostile way. It's just that's the nature of being human. So when dealing with people who you know, gem getting like that question, or people who are fighting these changes to terminology, cheers. 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 How do you respond to that? Like, because I, I think that can be difficult too, is, 
you know, it's as much as it's, I love what Mara said, it's like, it's not always easy getting called out on it either. Yeah, we're going to make mistakes and you need to be vulnerable and that happens. But on the flip side, if someone ain't making those changes, like how do you have that conversation? Like what, what do you say to that person? I really liked what Jem said earlier about like giving them the benefit of the doubt. I think like whenever I do encounter situations where the language is like othering in in a way, it's like to ask them like, like why use that word or like, have you considered using this instead? And like to start the conversation from sort of like a vulnerable position anyways, um, by just like beginning to ask questions as opposed to assuming the worst intent, I think, because that puts them, I think that would put anyone immediately on the defensive, um, which is really not where you want them to be if you want to have a productive conversation. I love that, Mars. I think one of you has told me this before, uh, or said, said on the podcast, but it, it was just always assume good intentions. And if you come at people like that, you'll, you'll get a lot farther versus... I, I won't lie, it's my default to be defensive and hostile towards people because, like, that's just how it's had to be for me. So, like, I do try to come at people with the best intentions and and I assume they mean well, they just didn't know. So I'm like, hey, you know, we've actually changed that term. I probably won't call you out in public because I don't think that's helpful unless you're a leader of sort and you're, like, trying to say, like, this is how it's going to be. Uh, but generally, yeah, I just like, hey, we don't we don't really use that term anymore. Uh, I just want to say the elderly, those older, much older than me, I generally give them a pass a bit more just because, like, they're not going to change. Like, if you're 70, you're probably not going to change. You might, but I don't know. If someone's like, oh, yeah, you know, Jem, that colored fellow over there, I'm not going to be like, whoa, whoa, bro, bro, I can't believe you said that to me. He's 2020. You don't do that anymore. I'm more like, yeah, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> you got to pick, pick your, your battles. battles. Yeah. yeah, pick your battles. But like you said, Mars, assume positive intentions or just people just didn't know. And it, But if you attack people, they will become defensive. That is just how it's going to go and you're not going to get anywhere. I think seeking to understand too is like understanding both sides of that perspective. I think that's helpful too. It's kind of similar lines of that too, rather than getting on the defensive. It's just, you know, trying to understand both sides of it and, and have a healthy conversation about it, a debate or a conversation around that. Except if they're a Nazi. There's no two sides. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> then then there's no discussion then we don't have a discussion yes plus one no i think there are some things worth picking your battles over like you said Jen, but then there's also like if, if someone's really questioning the worth of someone's life that's not a battle worth picking over that's just not an argument worth having it's yeah it's not like oh the, i like blue over you know pink or whatever like that's 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 an opinion um not a human rights issue agreed if you are any sort of blank supremacist, doesn't matter what you're supreming, it, you're wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter if I agree with you. You're still wrong. What about a taco? At taco wrong. <laughs> wrong. Taco supreme. <laughs> Wait, no, I mean, if you believe... <laughs> oh, man, I, mean, I love if, it. If you believe that's the best taco out there, then... <laughs> I'll leave you to your sad life because, you know, there's some great, great tacos. <laughs> so, Stacy, I think uh makes me think you've mentioned this uh on previous episodes that 
Atlassian has done even some interesting things. I, I think one of the episodes you've talked about this, that Atlassian has done things like Slack bots where it reminds you of certain words or like, hey, did, did you mean that word? Maybe you try this different thing, which I think is really, really cool. I'm curious, are there other things that we can get creative to to try and help people? Style guides, absolutely. I think that's a great way to just share the knowledge and allow people to think about that. One that just as I'm talking, I think comes to mind is like, you could even have linting rules in, in your code base that watch for things like that too. Yeah, that that bot <laughs> was, uh, it's not around anymore. It was uh, for like one of our older chat tools. It was kind of controversial. It People people definitely had strong feelings about it. It it basically corrected you if you um, if you use like uh, guys. You say like, hey guys, and it'd be like, did you mean team or y'all or... You know, something like that. And I, I thought it was kind of cool, but I think it, I think because so many people still use that term and it was just so con- constant, the bot was just like exploding <laughs> in channels, <laughs> just constantly like, and everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was a little bit intense, <laughs> but <laughs> I thought it was kind of, kind of great. But yeah, maybe there's ways to like tune the bot to be like, Hey, you responded to that person already three times in the Slack channel. Maybe <laughs> ease off a bit and then come back again. I don't know. <laughs> An overenthusiastic bot. Yeah, <laughs> but it was good because it was like you know how you were, we were saying people get confrontational if you like call them out on something, and we're like, well, what if it's a, a computer? What if it's a, a robot? Then is it? <laughs> do people react less harshly? Yeah, I'm actually surprised how. Co- so so Twitch do, did something similar, although they didn't make a formal bot. They literally used the Slack bot that like where it's like you can say something and then it will like say something back to you. You know how you usually use it for jokes? Yeah. Like, good morning. It's like good morning to you too or something. <laughs> someone literally just put blacklist and then anytime someone types blacklist, they're like, uh, it says ahem, I think you meant blocklist or something. And it's actually worked pretty well for us. I think that's nice because it's just a message back to you, right? So it's not like, quote, public shaming in in like... Oh, well, it it is public. Oh, is it? Uh, <laughs> but it would be nice. And, and the intention isn't to shame someone. It's just to make them yeah. aware. Like, I don't think... I wouldn't... Oh, you use blacklist? Unbelievable. You must be racist. Like, I would prefer you don't say that. But I, it's like, you know... Like, and, and like... The, when people when it happens people immediately edit their message you know and it's like nice that's that's the first step right and then over time through pavel's dog uh they will eventually you know the muscle memory it. gets switched yeah. up and yeah exactly conditioning i, I was like what's that word pavlov's dog figure it out <laughs> on that note let's jump into picks in each episode we like to share things that we've found interesting and love to share with all of you augustus you want to start it off oh sure uh yeah i have two picks one is this show i kind of stumbled on called night shift uh and it it probably isn't happening as often now with covid but uh it's about um just it's just a series of episodes of people who who work at night and it's like really fascinating to see some of their day-to-days like i was watching an episode of a baker 
and she literally wakes up 2 a.m um gets into the kitchen 3 a.m to start like baking the bread and she puts so much passion into her work and she works like 20 times harder than i do and it's just like very inspiring and i just thought it was like another lens um and also during covid it was like man wow when people who are actually yeah well okay this is actually maybe a sensitive topic okay maybe we can i don't know but yeah so i'll definitely check that out uh check that out i thought that was very it was very inspiring to see some of those stories and then uh my second pick is I talked about cauliflower pasta at Trader Joe's one day. Uh, one of the episodes, you should watch all of the episodes to find which one. Um, but, but, but I found something new, or my brother found it, and it's the mango and cream bars. Uh, ice Those cream. Look so good. They yeah, they look fantastic, and I can guarantee you, they taste even better than they look. <laughs> They're freaking amazing. It was. It's just like the 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 best balance of mango and cream and it's authentic mango i i, I you just got to try it get some cauliflower pasta and then some mango and cream bars gosh we were talking about tacos now we're talking about ice cream i'm so hungry <laughs> does everyone have food picks i feel like i have something food related mars you want to go next sure um i have two picks today the first one is this resource that I just found called a progressives style guide, which is basically just like what we've been talking about, about like, you know, um, different ways that we can change our language to um, make people feel more included and also like more empowered as well. And it goes into like a bunch of different facets around which we can change our language, um, like age, economy, food, um, you know, race and ethnicity, gender, you know, like the obvious ones plus some ones I didn't even think of, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so check that out. And then the second one is a talk by a woman named Dolly Chug. Um, and basically she talked about how like we should be let go of being good people um, because it's getting in the way of us being better people. So she, basically like we should sort of relegate ourselves to being good-ish people recognizing that we're always trying to improve and that we have good aspects of ourselves now, but we make mistakes. So we're good-ish and we're constantly learning because also things are constantly changing. Um, so I thought that was really interesting just to sort of like change the way you think about, like the way you identify can really change the way that you approach the world and like these types of conversations. I, I love that idea. Like the idea of we're all good people and that's what holds us back is we don't want to change because we're like, we're already good. What else do we have to do? So the idea of letting that go and become a better person is such a compelling uh, statement. She has a book around the whole concept, but I've linked the TED Talk if you want like a shorter form to, to enter the concept. Jem, what do you have for us? Uh, I've got two picks today. The first one is a Netflix original called I'm No Longer Here. Uh, it's uh, in Spanish. It's from Mexico. Which is really fascinating. Uh, when I started the movie, I was watching it with my wife. And I'm just like, you know, it's funny how little I know about Mexican history and Mexican culture, even though they're directly to the south. I just, It's just something I've never learned in school, even growing up in California. Like, it's a very uh, large Spanish population or Spanish-speaking population. Uh, so anyways, it was like fascinating to get insight into um, Mexican culture. But it's about a 17-year-old kid who he hangs out with this gang. And I use the gang loosely of just like kind of miscreants and uh, just people that are into this type of music called uh, cumbia. 
And it's, I think that originated in Colombia. I could be wrong about that. But essentially it's like slowed down and chopped uh, Spanish songs and they just dance to them. And it's just, the dancing is phenomenal. It's because it's not dancing in the way we're thinking breakdancing or speed or coordination or something like that. It's just, it's really, really slow and deliberate, which you don't, I didn't consider before how much dexterity that takes to move slowly. It's actually easier to move quickly than to move really, really slowly with precision. And like the music gets into your, it gets into you. It's because it's like, it's just subtle and there's drum beats and just watching these people dance like really, really slowly. It, it's just, it, the story was okay, but it, it's more like it introduced me to this type of music and this type of dancing that I just found really fascinating. Uh, so if you get a chance, check it out. It's on Netflix it's called I'm No Longer Here. My second pick is, um, well, I want to talk about a problem I had. It's, you know, I have a toaster and it just doesn't toast my bread the right way. And someone sent me this this link on Twitter under the uh, Valley Silicon pick, and it's for this toaster. And I'll just read a bit of the uh, promo. It uses revolutionary technology, heating more rapidly than air. A thin stream of steam envelops the bread, lightly toasting its surface while keeping its interior moist and flavor from escaping. And I thought, that's what I need in my life. So my Valley Silicon pick is the toaster. That is the name of it from Balmuda. Uh, yes, it's called The Toaster. It is a low, low price of $330. It toasts two pieces of bread at a time. So, you know, there's that. Better than uh, just one. Yeah. Yeah. One is for people that can't afford the The Toaster. That's for regular people. But special people who really value their bread and their toast, they buy this toaster. So, I mean, I can go on about it, but it's a $330 toaster. It fits in perfectly Valley Silicon. I don't know why this exists, but the reviews are all five stars. I, I don't know if that's people that um, give five stars because they spent $330 on the toaster and want to justify their purchase to themselves or others. I, I don't know. But expect one of you going to get it for Secret Santa this year just because it's pretty funny. According to their website, it's got two bread modes. It has a sandwich Ooh. bread mode and an artisan bread mode because you need to toast those types of breads differently. <laughs> Obviously. And I am so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> It, this this episode is just literally about food. <laughs> Stacy, do you have any food picks to share with us? I don't. I'm going to ruin the streak. I have three picks. The first one is a, a song called Part Two by a band called Spotlights. And they uh, it's been described as atmospheric shoegaze meets sludge metal. Um, it's mostly instrumental. Uh, and there's a lady bass player, which I'm always very excited when I see uh, women in the metal scene. There's not very many. Yeah, it's a really good song. And then the next song uh, is All I Need, and it's a Radiohead cover by that same band, which is kind of interesting because it seemed, it shows kind of their range of like s- styles. And the third pick is uh, speaking about like tooling that can help you be more inclusive. Um, there's a really cool project called Alex, uh, alexjs.com. It's a, kind of like a CLI tool at, you can hook into some of your editors, your code editors. Uh, it can hook into Slack, and it helps um, find like gender favoring, polarizing, race related, religion, and considerate unequal phrasing of of any kind. Um, it helps find those things and then suggest alternatives, which is really cool. It was it's been around since 2015, so it's been around for a bit. Hmm. Um, so there's not like a a v. I, I noticed there isn't a VS Code. Uh, 
it doesn't list that as one of the IDs that it or editors that it hooks into. So maybe maybe uh, one of our listeners or maybe one of us could uh, contribute back to that and get that in. But it looks like a cool tool. Awesome. And I have two picks. One is food related. Uh, my first pick is actually a music playlist. And it's one I came across on Spotify. It's great for coding, just very like nice music, just like really relaxing, chill music. The whole playlist has been really good. Uh, so I highly recommend that one. It is called the All Nighter Playlist. And then my food pick is I recently purchased, actually, no, I did not recently purchase this. I purchased this a long time ago, but because of COVID, it took a very long time to show up. But I ordered a smoker, and so I've recently got it, received it, and so I've been spending a lot of time smoking lots of different meats, and I have tried vegetables. The vegetables, eh, they weren't as good, but I've made some really good meats. But yeah, the smoker's been great. I've used it quite a bit. It's called the Backwood Chubby 3400. I like, like, I love that the Chubby's there. Like, <laughs> like I mean... <laughs> It's probably just going to describe me after a few weeks of eating all this like smoked meat. So I'm not a fan of the name either, but it's kind of funny. So, but yeah, it's been a really great smoker. It looks like a safe. It's this like vertical standing container. It's, it's interesting, but yeah, it's been cool. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. You can find us on frontendhappyhour.com. You can follow us on Twitter at frontendhh. Also, leave us a review on iTunes and Google Play. I feel like I've started to see more and more popping up that there have been really great reviews. So thank you for all our listeners that have shared reviews, but I would love to even see more. The reviews apparently help others discover the podcast, so please let us know what you think. Any last words? The more you say terminology, the more it sounds like a store at a mall. Terminology. Oh, I like it. Cheers. Terminology. Cheers. Cheers.